Hey, everybody. When you hear that music, you know it's time for yet another great episode of On the Ladder Side of Baseball. And this morning, we are going to be joined by none other than the voice of the Milwaukee Brewers and the Milwaukee Bucks pregame host and postgame host, Craig Kishan. Craig's been working hard all winter long with the Milwaukee Bucks, and uh, they cling to a slight lead of one game in the uh, division they're in, the whatever conference that is. So it's probably the Central Division. They have a one-game lead because they have lost two games less than the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, hey, how about that? Anyway, we're going to catch up. I know it's early. It hasn't even begun uh, the spring training cry yet of pitchers and catchers reporting. Uh, so we're just going to have a kind of a casual uh, conversation with Craig about uh, the Brewers. If he even knows who's on their roster, I think he does. He's a pretty sharp, wily old coyote. Anyway, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the free agent signings, some of the free agents that are still available. And uh, we're going to talk when uh, um, we get with Craig about the Cubs, the Central Division, and things like that. Um, I'm also going to talk a little bit about, as I promised, a Negro League uh, member of the uh, Milwaukee Bears. Yeah, there was a team in the Negro Leagues, the Milwaukee Bears, and uh, the manager was a gentleman named Pete Hill. Pete Hill was inducted into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame, and uh, obviously he was a stud. In fact, people were saying that if there was an all-star team of everybody, not just MLB players, but of everybody, the best outfield pre-1920 would have been Ty Cobb, Tris Speaker, and Pete Hill. Now, that is pretty good company to be in an outfield with Cobb, Speaker, and then Pete Hill. So he had a great career, great outfielder, line drive hitter, won the Josh Gibson, hit a home run all the time guy, but he was good. And so uh, there's yet another Negro League member. We're going to feature a Negro League member every podcast we do this year. Uh, hopefully with a little bit of connection to whoever it is that we're talking with. Uh, we plan to have Dwayne Stats in the near future. We plan to have Bobby Denier when he gets done with the Cub convention. Uh, maybe even try to hook up uh, Bobby when he's at the Cub convention. That'd be kind of fun. We're going to uh, try to get some other guests. Going to try to hook up um, Mike Diaz. Uh, along with Bobby Denier, because uh, even though they weren't good buds or maybe even never met, they were traded for each other. Yeah, Denier came to the Cubs in a trade with the Philadelphia Phillies and sent Mike Diaz to the Phillies. And although I don't believe he played a, uh, one game with the Phillies, he did end up with the Pittsburgh Pirates batting in between, you know who, Barry Bonds and Barry Bonilla, the Barry boys, uh, separated only by Mike Diaz. So Mike can hold his own in any podcast. He was a great guest, and I didn't have to ask him one question. He just kept talking for an hour. It was great. So anyway, we're going to have uh, all of that exciting activity as soon as we uh, take a quick break and uh, get the call in from Mr. Kashan. As we know, he's generally right on the money when the time comes up. He uh, generally checks in at the appointed time. So anyway, that is the scoop uh, Carlos Correa, I suppose, is the headline. He went from the Giants with a 13-year deal to the Mets with a 12-year deal and then actually signed with the uh, Minnesota Twins. Six years, 200 million buckaroos. Wow, that is a great deal. For 
the third time being the charm, that's the charm. I mean, how in the world does Minnesota claim to be a small market and sign a guy for $200 million? They're in the same league as the Royals. They're in the same league as the Guardians. They're in the same league as the Tigers, the White Sox, and uh, the Twins. So now that they've gone out, they've got a really good team. Um, in fact, so they pay him $31 million a year and change. The Royals payroll as it stands today is $45 million. So Carlos Correa makes $31 million. The Royals payroll is $41 million. Tell me what's wrong with that picture. The same thing with the um, the A's, the Rays, and um, a couple other teams are below the Royals. Go figure that out. I mean, how do you have a competitive, you know, balanced schedule, which they claim to have, when the Mets payroll is $266 million? That's not including the luxury tax. With the luxury tax and their obligations, their payroll is $500 million. $500 million. Let's go look at the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, $49 million. The Royals, $46 million. The Brewers, $45 million. Um, somewhere in here, the, the A's, $25 million. The O's, $25 million. The Rays, $31 million. Give me a break. Are you kidding me? I mean, okay, on episode number one, you found a very optimistic host on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, SoundCloud. Yeah, that was me. I was all pumped up. I'm pumped up for the year. But how do you have a competitive team balance from top to bottom when you're all playing everybody? Everybody's playing each other at least once. Uh, how in the world do you justify a team that's payrolls $266 million and a team that's payroll is $25,500,000? In fact, I'm not digging into this, but I think Verlander, Scherzer, Lindor, and maybe one or two other guys on the Mets are making more than the entire Oakland A's payroll. (laughs) Really? I mean, that would be like the Dallas Cowboys being able to have a $500 million payroll and the uh, Los Angeles Rams can get by with a $40 million payroll. I mean, would that happen? No. So... Is the NFL more entertaining? Maybe. Do they still have the duds like the Bears? Yeah. But at least at least you have some competitive balance with the responsibility given to the player personnel side of the deal. With baseball, I don't get it. I mean, the Kansas City is not a small market. Milwaukee's not a small market. They're no smaller than the Twins. Now, how do the Twins do that and have a payroll of, right now it's 101, but they just added another $20 million plus to uh, uh, Correa. So I don't know. I mean, I, I keep coming back to that. I think the pitch clock will be good. I think the you know, shift will be good. I think baseball's competitive balance of their league schedule will be okay. But my God, I mean, I harp on this every year for the last five years, the inequity in 
team payrolls, ridiculous. And apparently the union didn't give a hoot because in the lockout last year, um, the league proposed a basement. Eh, nah, we don't need a basement. We're good. We're good. So I'm going to uh, take a break, have Tyler play a little bit of jazz, and when we come back, we will be joined by none other than the legendary, great voice of the uh, Milwaukee uh, Brewers, and uh, we'll go from there. So, for the time being, Jamie Resky saying, we will be back in just a few minutes. Hey, everybody, we're back on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and all the other exciting places people get their podcasts. The audience is growing, and today it'll go well over 5,000 because we're joined by our sometimes underpaid guest host, co-host, Craig Kishan, voice of you-know-who, the Brewers, the Bucks. And uh, my guess is there's only one team that Craig's working for that's going to be uh, in first place at the end of the year. But, hey, you never know. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. I love your intros, man. I love your intros. They're they're long, exhaustive, and uh, well, they're good though. They're good. And by yeah, the no way, did, uh, did you did you add some more baseballs behind you on the shelf? I may have rearranged a few, but um, no. I, but you know, I found some Nellies. I've got a few. Uh, I won't flip it around because I'll. Pro- I've had some trouble with the connection today, but otherwise, there was a Franco Harris. Of course, there's another fellow that passed away and uh i've got arthur ash he's i mean nelly's ball seemed to you know johnny unitas wow yeah wow. and I, I wish dave was around to authenticate him yeah no kidding <laughs> so the the uh, rock bottom brewery which as you know was like dave was like the the poster child for rock bottom brewery went out of Shut down in Chicago, and I think it shut down in Cleveland. May shut down everywhere. I don't know. Do you guys? Is there a rock bottom in Milwaukee? There, there is, and I'm pretty sure it shut down. They had, uh, well, they had some issues. I know that. So they, uh, you know, when when Davey's gone, you know, certain certain bars and restaurants just can't succeed anymore. I know so. our buddy Brian Ward's restaurant's the only one that uh, seems to have. Uh, made I know it transition yeah. post Nelly. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We we were just there last week, and um, they're they're still waiting for you to make a yet another return. So they're waiting for my bottle of Tom Seaver wine, which I should be getting six or eight more here this year. Well, save one for uh, making that train trip up, man. I don't think that'll put me back more than twenty five hundred bucks, sir. But since Tom died, the price of say price of poker, the wine seems to have skyrocketed. But it's you know it's uh it's good. As we all know, and uh, there's nowhere better than Ward's House of Prime. One of our fine... No, they're not a sponsor either, are they? <laughs> not quite, but they do come in in the clutch, that's for sure. Now, don't forget, we did have... Um, we had a bottle of... Uh, who is the coach for the... Dick Vermeil. Dick Vermeil and the Chiefs, yeah. Yeah. That was That was... That was dusted off a shelf for sure, but that was a good wine. In fact, Brian brought that up last week. He said, I can't believe how good that wine was. I think it was 2000, 
three, 2007. Yeah, and I don't know where they keep it, but if it's on a shelf, not in a cooler, maybe it was in a cooler. I, you know, but it, it led me to believe, and I told that story to somebody in my family, and that led to a question that I didn't ask, and that was, um, are there more bottles of Nelly's wine at Brian Ward's? Well, that was readily available, that's for sure. So I would say yes. <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> We're going to... Uh, we're gonna to have to hit old Brian up for a little more, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll dent into my GTS. It's so good. But um, anyway, well, the price the price that uh, you you pay for GTS is a price that I'm willing to have you pay. So that's good. <laughs> well, and I think you know Brian takes care of you, and and he takes care of me when he's there to a certain extent. I I don't want to get Dave Nelson treatment, but um, you know that that's. I got to tell you, as you can agree, that that's the most remuneration either of us get for on the lighter side of baseball. You know? Well, you know, and here here's one more for you. He, uh, you know, they have um, a a liquor locker there, and it's it's out in public in in the middle of the the bar restaurant part of their <clears throat> restaurant, and it has pretty much every bottle of liquor that you could possibly want at whatever price tag. Obviously it's in, it's in the, uh, the liquor locker because it's high priced. Right. He's building another liquor locker because he's got so much liquor he needs to lock up. Wow. Yeah. Either he's buying a lot or people aren't drinking as much, but, uh, you know, I don't know. some of the, um, bourbon, I can't afford the liquor locker, so I don't even go near it. No, I'm still on, uh, you know, Fleshman's Gin, so that's, that's pretty. <laughs> but like, I've seen some amazing uh, priced bourbon because some of my relatives like to drink high priced bourbon, and then uh, tequila, just uh, yeah. high priced tequila. But man, those are two of my favorites, I'd say. But I, I, you know, there are people that that collect bourbon, and they, I mean, I've got I've got some friends that actually they're not close enough friends to give me the high price bourbon, but they're, but they're friends, but they're, they pay thousands of dollars for these bottles of bourbon uh, that they get, you know, I don't know, around the world or whatever. And I'm like, are you collecting it and drinking it or mostly collecting it? And they're, they're mostly collecting it for some reason. So I don't know, like when you reach a point where you just say it's time to drink, the expensive good bourbon or when that happens, but I want to be invited to that party when it does. Yeah. I've got like 140 bottles of $20 wine. That's a pretty good collection. That's pretty good. So in 2000, my, uh, fifth, my, when we turned 50, my high school buddies and I went to St. Andrews and, uh, Scotland. And in the course of that, I brought back a bottle of Jameson, Single malt, whatever they call it, scotch. Scotch, yeah. Are you a scotch drinker or just bourbon? No, I'd have I'd have some scotch. In fact, I think there's one up here now. I think it's. Let me see what it is. It's. Well, it's Irish whiskey. Okay. Bushmills Irish whiskey. But I've had I've had scotch, but I'm not I'm not as big on that as I you know like a bourbon for whatever reason. So, so this, I'm looking at the bottle and I think 
Yeah, it's Jameson, and it's got 12, it was aged for 12 years. Now, that was in 2020. So now, 24 years later, I wonder if it's any good. I mean, I have no idea, nor would I really care. I don't know. I would guess it is. Yes. I mean, it's... We, we need to have a third guest on the show and, and uh, have, we we need to have a liquor expert on the next show. We do. We do. I think we got to figure out for five minutes, con Euchre and the, in the, in the mistakenly joining the show for just for Davey, for old Davey. Uh, well, if he did to join the show would be by mistake. That's for sure. On his part. <laughs> <laughs> that's true um i i was talking to bob dernier and uh i did a podcast with mike diaz who i think i told you i asked him one question and he went on for an hour but he was kind of played for a few years but for two years he batted in between barry bonds and bobby Bonilla, and for the pirates and so dernier said well you know he's the guy that i got traded for and I said, well, you guys friends? Did you know him? He goes, I've never met the guy. <laughs> so I said, well, that'd be a good duo to have on the show because both of them like to talk. Daenerys, yeah. Bobby's a good good guy. The Cubs are having their convention this year, unlike the Brew Crew. But, um, yeah. you know, I think the Brewers and the Cubs are going to battle for uh, second and third place. Well, I do too. I mean, I can't imagine the Pirates and Reds being too competitive. And and I think that, you know, the Cubs and Brewers are going to, you know, do, I mean, let's face it, the Brewers don't have a bad team. You know, they missed the playoffs by one game, um, but they definitely had a slide. They needed to make some changes and, and the Cubs, you know, uh, couldn't figure out if they wanted to be competitive or not last year. And I'm not sure they they're a hundred percent where they are right now and where they want to head for the next year or two or three either. So it's a few things have come become a little perplexing. Um, but we'll see how things are patched together. I mean, let's face it, you've either you've either uh are part of a team that can can afford a three hundred million dollar player or you're patching together um some future talent with some talent that may have had a a good year or two in baseball and isn't done playing yet might have another good year or two for you and it just kind of seems how a lot of teams are being put together right now so it's a we're I don't know it's a we're kind of in a a little different world that way well in in that regard I looked before we jumped on I looked at the uh as I always do, because I like to have a head start over you on anything we talk about, because, you know, you're light years ahead of me in the world of uh, uh, broadcast journalism, but be that as it may. So if you count the luxury tax, the New York Mets have a $500 million payroll obligation this year. And that's uh, without Carlos Correa. That's without Carlos Correa. Compare that with the Oakland A's, the, the Rays, and the Pirates, who have a $25 million payroll obligation right now. The Brewers are like 45 or 50. The Cardinals somehow are below the Cubs in this sports track MLB payroll deal. That's just, that's just hard for me to believe. And well, what's hard for me to fathom is how does Manfred 
and the rest of the owners let that happen. You know, um, you cannot call Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, a small market. Altoona, Pennsylvania, maybe that's a small market. You can't call Milwaukee, Wisconsin, a small market. But maybe if you went to Kenosha and had the Kenosha Cubs, that would be a small market. But they have relied in the central division of both leagues on this crap. I would have said something different, but you always remind me it's a family show. It's a family show. You did well uh, there. It's just outrageous that they let this happen, especially when the players were offered a $100 million basement in the lockout negotiations, and they, they didn't want that because Boris and those guys figured, well, if you do a basement, you're going to do a ceiling, and my – Correa and Comforto and everybody else I represent couldn't get what they got. And I I see how that came to fruition. Yeah. But if you asked if you asked Jesse Winker, your new guy, that a hundred million dollars uh, payroll would be a good deal, he'd say, Of course it would be, because he's not going to get the 30 million ever. I don't know. Well, I mean, kind of in a roundabout way, you answered your own question. How could I do that? Well, <laughs> I don't know. You should consider a profession going into, well, you know. But anyway, um, it, 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 you know, it is pretty amazing. I mean, and the small market teams don't want to be called small markets. So, you know, whatever. But, but obviously they're, they're spending differently. But I mean, let's face it, Jamie, we've talked about this a hundred times. If the players, the owners can't agree, to have a basement or have a ceiling or have revenue sharing, you know, like the other sports do to, to help each other out, then, then it's it's their own damn fault, I guess. I mean, you're going to have, I mean, how would you like to, how would you like to be almost on equal grounds, a player in major league baseball that, um, well, let's just say you're a Minnesota twin right now. And Carlos Correa is making $200 million. What what do you think? And I don't know this off the top of my head, but I'm guessing probably the next uh, highest paid player on that team is probably a hundred and ninety eight million dollars below where he is right now. But I guarantee you there's a couple of guys on that team who are probably almost just as good as he is. And so this is what these guys want. This is what these guys get. This is what the owners want. This is what the owners get, I guess, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, know. I guess what you say is uh, you got dinner tonight and tomorrow night and all it's spring training. Exactly. Pick that exactly. tab up. The, um, uh, it's just amazing. What do you think the Rays would do if their pay? you think they'd be any better if their payroll was $150 million instead of 60 You think the Rays would? I mean, they're in the playoffs every I, year. I don't know. I mean, it's a good question. I mean, the Brewers – up their payroll over the last few years to, you know, between 120 and 160 or whatever it was. And, you know, the problem with that is you're, you're paying a few guys money. And then if they get injured or underperform, you don't seem to have enough guys to make up for that. Right. Um, and, and everybody looks at, you know, like to me, Ricketts, Antonazio, any of these guys, um, if you don't want to, of course, they don't have to, but if they did have to, if, you, if the let's say everybody had to pay at least $300 million in their payroll, if Ricketts or Antonazio or 
um, whoever's owning the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates these days said, hey, you know, I can't do that. Okay, sell it. They're, they're, if somebody paid $4 billion for the Arizona or for the Phoenix Suns basketball team and their, and their girls' NBA team, women's NBA team, Four billion, like Cone paid for the people pay for the Brewers. They don't care. It's there's thirty teams. They the the, the price of poker is just through the roof. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I mean, look, the poor Royals. Oh my God. I mean, they're just they're they couldn't finish ahead of the Iowa Cubs. They got no. They got Sal Perez, and then a bunch of bozos. I mean. This guy paid a billion bucks for that team. Yeah, look at the timing of that too. The uh, his first year was the pandemic year, and then how do you recover two years later? You know, you just don't. Well, then the lockout. <laughs> so yeah, right. exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. apparently, nobody seems to be wanting to get out. It's pretty funny. I mean, it's a, it's a, and, and like the other thing that I laugh about is. Um, a lot of guys took hits. Brady took a little hit, and uh, others have taken hit for that FTX debacle where they lost as much money as made off in that crypto yeah. deal. Well, yeah. remember the major league umpires? Every pitch of of the entire year came from center field over the pitcher to the catcher, and the umpires back there with his FTX stand. I mean, you know, it was the first year of the umpires or anybody was allowed to have a advertisement on there and it was ft it was freaking so they probably made a few million off of that you never hear them saying getting in any hot water over that i mean it's just a it's a money deal and i'll never you know i'll never shut up about it. it's just ridiculous i mean if if ftx had sponsored this show i'd be happy with that well here's the problem you and i are both wearing baseball sweatshirts <clears throat> And I'm I've got a Nike logo on mine. What do you have on yours? Um, I don't know. This is a this is from 2011, which seems like yesterday when the Brewers won the division. There's no logo on there. I can't. There's a major league logo. I, I don't. Well, let's just say let's just say that you could afford clothing that was made in the last couple of years instead of going to Goodwill and buying that. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> you, you could, got a you, good deal. Nike be your sponsor. I got a good deal, and then, and then you could start doing video podcasts instead of audio podcasts. I don't know, man. I think that would hurt our our listening audience if they had to look at me. We, you have a great stage. It's all You're a star. About a thousand signs. You're on TV all the time. You're a proven commodity. Me, eh, not so much. I don't know. Although I, don't know. I am. Having to look at my DirecTV package in Wisconsin, man, it's like crazy. And I may have to give up the pregame and postgame. I don't know. Oh, no, you don't have to do that. You can uh, just get YouTube TV for 65 bucks a month. You can sign it uh, in Kansas City, uh, in, in northern Florida. Wisconsin, and in Chicago. for this. It, and it's not triple the price. It's the same price. Just sign in when you're there. And then buy uh, Bally Sports for $20 a month. That's a good idea. Is that what you're... Yeah, see, you have your kids still come around. My kids abandoned me. So they haven't really... They don't watch Brewers baseball. No, they probably don't. (laughs) You know, and it's after the pregame show is over and before the postgame show starts, 
there's only one way to take in Milwaukee Brewer baseball, and that's with you. I'm sorry. I, you know, um, so you're bailing out other guys for the 2023 season. I this mean, the rock and good all, news. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, BK or BA or BD or whatever his name is. I like rock. He's good. Anyway, luckily, no, you know, if people listen to this show, I'd probably, somebody would get mad sometime based on some probably. of the opinions I have. But, yeah. you know, when I'm probably. with you, I'm, when, when you're on, it's a, it's a mellow deal. I will say this, the, uh, if you stack up the top 20 major league baseball salaries with the top 20 football salaries, baseball probably still ra- reigns, not with your go home, pack, go, go, pack, go. I, that's my favorite game of the year. God, I love that. Sorry, Come buddy. Come on now. Come <laughs> on was, now. That was great. There it you was, go. It was a very go. somber Monday here. Go home, pack. Very somber. Hi, Aaron. He'll be back next year. He ain't going to leave you guys. Um, if you look at the disparity between the World Series share and the Super Bowl and the, the playoffs, man, like the football guys get 130 a share for all the playoff games at the end if they win the Super Bowl. And, you know, World Series, those guys were getting like 590. I mean, they were getting some serious scratch, maybe four, four, five. What do you think that is? Well, they play more games. I know somebody is cerebral like you would say that. Um, so they have more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Why do you think it is? I, I you know, I've never thought about uh, I've never thought about the payoff to win a championship and what each player gets. It's a pretty nice chunk of cash, that's for sure. It is, and it's like an entire rookie share if you win the World so, Series. And even an even better story to that is um, I do remember when the Brewers made their run, I think they lost in game seven of the NLCS a few years ago to the Dodgers, the playoff money that the Brewer players got, you know, it, it, at the end, it, you know, you have your active roster and then you have, you know, your 40 man and, and they're like, well, who contributed to right. that season who didn't maybe get to play in the playoffs. So we're going to give him a chunk of whatever, they gave um, they gave a chunk of their playoff money to Uke. and the other broadcasters. No, to Uke. and uh, and then Uke gave it to his uh, to his charity, which was, I mean, those are nice gestures and stuff. So honestly, yeah. that's about the only thing that I remember with um, <laughs> with playoff shares. Right. But I mean, <laughs> you know. I mean, football players play 17 games and then three playoff games. So they play 20 games, right? Or yeah. One, I don't even know. So, and they, you know, they cut out most of the preseasons. Yeah. It's now some of them get banged up a little bit. But um, anyway, so let me ask you if you've ever heard of this next guy that I'm going to mention. All right. His name is uh, Pete Hill. Pete Hill. Can't say that's. Not I'll Calvin Hill, head. Pete Hill. No. Okay, I never heard of the guy either. He's in the Major League. He's in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Okay. And so what I did was I tried to come up with uh, some. I'm going to try to do a Negro League segment every every podcast. And so it's good. I, I googled Negro League connection to Milwaukee. And I found out that the Milwaukee Bears were in the Negro League at some point. Yeah, for one year. Managed by this guy, Pete Hill. Oh, he was the manager. 
He was the manager kind of at the end of his career. I think that was, uh, I think that was 1923, maybe, yes. maybe 1930. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And they had, um, look at you. They had one, they, they were only, they only had one year, one team in one year in the Negro league. And it was, uh, it was the bears. And I just found this out. Maybe you already knew this, but did you know that the American league was actually officially founded and established as a league here in Milwaukee. No. Uh, it was um, Spalding, Kamitsky, whoever, whoever the, you know, back in whatever year that was, what, early 1900s, late 1800s, whenever, yeah. early 1900s, I think. They wanted to get out of Chicago because they didn't want anybody to know they were forming uh, another league, the junior circuit. So yeah. they actually came up here and did it. Probably darn. And there's a plaque downtown here that actually exists recognizing it. Yeah, I never figured out why. I guess because they came along later, the junior circuit and the senior circuit is stuck. I mean, it's stuck to the extent that people still believe in the myth that there's an American League and a National League. Um, yeah, yeah. And so, old myth. It's an old myth. It's a tired myth, but a myth nonetheless. But the so, White Sox didn't want the Cubs to know that they were going to be an establishing team, and and Kaminsky Kaminsky didn't want anybody in Chicago to know, so they just came up here and did it. So, and I mean, you look back at those guys, Bill Vec, uh Charles Kaminsky, then his son Chuck. I went to high school with Chuck's daughter. If he had just managed to, you know. You couldn't make money at baseball. They they just couldn't. And uh, now look at it. I mean, these guys do nothing but print money. But back to Pete Hill for a minute. Yeah. There's a, a book called Shades of Glory. Uh, not Glory of Their Times, but Shades of Glory. And in that book, they said the best, <clears throat> the best outfield all time, up to 1920 for any professional organized baseball was Ty Cobb, Tris Speaker, and this Pete Hill dude. Wow. I mean, he's in the Hall of Fame. I, I, you know, there. I probably couldn't name six Negro League guys in the Hall of Fame, and they're probably twenty. But I thought that was pretty cool. And Very uh, cool. it's a Milwaukee Bear. Yeah, who won yep. more games than the Chicago Bears? Probably, probably. I probably because our schedule was a little longer. so have you looked do you know that wade miley has been signed by the brewers i've heard a rumor have you are are you just into basketball right now and kind of not thinking about baseball no um i uh i take my brewers uh player roster moves and trades and free agency very seriously i can tell um (laughs) i can tell and i discovered that with the addition of uh of wade miley a pitching staff which i think any team in baseball would have taken over the last two or three or four years and this year and it's still the same pitching staff well now has eight starting pitchers 
on it. Uh, between adding Miley and making trades and whatnot. And so this is going to be an interesting period of time between mid-January and the end of spring training because I, I have to believe there's no way we're going to start the season with the Brewers having eight starting pitchers. That's just a guess, but we shall yeah. see. Um, and, then- and this is also not a team that makes – necessarily their big splash stuff before spring training they they do it at times during spring training so really i don't know where this is going to lead you mean they might add a michael waka to their team and as a big splash i i I don't know that's just a name you're throwing out (laughs) so the uh biggest acquisition besides wade and i mean big in stature not current talent would have to be Jesse Winker. Yeah, that was also another interesting uh, yeah. addition, I thought. Yeah, I um, I don't know. Um, whatever happened to your president and general manager? Did he get a job? I know he left. Well, no, he didn't leave. He's he's a, a consultant. Oh, he, he got... He's so he's still time. he's still here. He's still under contract. In so. other words, they're paying him, and he's in Los Angeles trying to work for Scott Boris. I don't I don't know Jamie anything about that. I think he's here consulting and spending more time with his family. Hard to get any controversy going with you. You think somebody's a Brewers organization like Ed Cedar? I'm sorry, Jamie. I can't do a podcast. Somebody with the Brewers. I'd have to go to Craig Council. Like, dude. <laughs> Number one, I don't say anything critical of anybody, although, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how those eight starting pitchers, you know, get 200 innings in a piece. It's going to be tough. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. But with Boxberger going over to the Chicago Cubs, Miley's going to have to slip into a bullpen role as a long man. That'll give him a chance to eat a lot before the game. And, I don't know. They're paying him four and a half million dollars. I think it's to be a starting pitcher when he's available. You know, why didn't you know with the strength of the Cubs rotation, they 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 went with Drew Smiley, who they've paid millions to to rehab. And uh I'd have signed Miley again. And you guys do have a good catcher. The I don't know how many guys are named Wilson can will Will Contreras in Major League Baseball, but you've got a good one, I think. Well, I'm telling you, they uh, they pulled off that trade somehow. It was that three team trade between the A's and the uh, and the Braves. And when I saw that William Contreras was headed our way, I'm like, how in the world did the Brewers pull that off? But I, and but I think it was also it wasn't just me. I think it was everybody across baseball is like, how in the world did the Brewers get in that mix? And how in the world did they acquire this guy? I mean, they've got, if I'm not mistaken, they've got four years of of controlling rights over Contreras. And this guy's hitting 20 plus home runs, 280 hitter. Um, I mean, it was, it was huge. Let's put it that way. And a typical fly under the radar type trade too. And uh, for this organization. So um, they needed help there. That's for sure. They've got uh, Victor Caratini did a really nice job last year, yeah. and and he's still with the club. Um, so Contreras and Caratini, I, I'm telling you, I, that's a formidable one-two punch behind the plate. And totally, it's Caratini. I think he's a switch hitter, but if not, I know he's a lefty. 
Caratini. Yeah. Um, Caratini's a switch hitter, yeah. He was good with the Cubs, I thought. The trade that I thought they should make, and I you go back, as I know you can, into some of the uh, earlier podcasts as you research through the library of on the lighter side of baseball. I thought a great trade. Those what's in your file uh, <laughs> to, to the left of the baseballs? Are those the podcasts in the marked books? No, we've got the podcasts in a vault. I wouldn't have them just sitting out there. Those, oh, those you. are um, some of the uh, baseball cards, uh, of which I'm not sure I have a William Contreras. I always thought, to get back to my point, Wilson, the Cubs should have traded Contreras for Contreras. That would have been a great deal. They would have gotten more years out of Wilson Contreras than his brother, Willie. I think they have a third guy named Will in the Contreras family. I don't know if he plays baseball or not. Well, that's the creativity level of naming the kids is not high there then. George Foreman and George and George. I think the Cardinals have a stacked team, which generally spells doom for the, uh, uh, for St. Louis. So we'll see. I mean, I, I I, mean, look, look, the car, the Cardinals, the Cardinals needed the catcher to, you know, I mean, Melina was there for 20 years. Right. And quite honestly, he was productive for 20, 20 solid years. I mean, that's nobody, nobody could better in Wrigley field to this day than than Melina. Yeah. 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 So you need Yelich to have a good year and you need the pitching staff to do what they do every year. And, uh, I, you know, I think, like I said at the beginning, neck and neck with the Cubs, although the Cubs still don't have a power hitter. They don't have a, anybody, they strike out more than anybody. I don't know. I mean, that's just kind Eric Hosmer. Well, you know, that hasn't become official. So I I was Is he all, failing his physical or something? Or I think he had a broken fibula in Little League, and they're telling him that they can't give him the million dollars they promised him. I, how about that Correa deal? Is that nuts or what? I mean, the guy's like done nothing but succeed since he hurt his fibula. <laughs> I, how, how does a guy fail a test with two organizations – on three hundred and fifteen million dollar contracts, and then then goes back to really small market Minnesota, yeah, and gets a six year two hundred million dollar deal, and and they know he's healthy, so they probably didn't even do a physical. They just signed him yesterday, and boom, shakalaka, here we go. Uh, to your point, they did. They had a doctor that that Correa commended in his uh, in his press conference. That doctor knew what he was talking about. The other guys didn't know squat. But clearly, clearly. <laughs> the uh the physical lasted a minute and a half, and it basically looked at his tonsils and he uh concluded that the guy's good. I mean So okay, so here here here's a pretty good here's a pretty good argument to that then. If if this doctor was so good, how did he only get a six year two hundred million dollar contract? He should have got a ten year three hundred million dollar contract dollar contract well that's true i think he has in his contract i'm not sure there are option years seven through 12 so if he in year seven if he makes 575 plate appearances he gets more money than scott boris which would double his salary so i don't know (laughs) yeah but i mean how much do you want 
all you really want is the average yearly cost of I mean that seems to be the big deal. Verlander's forty three million. Yeah. Which is more than three teams in baseball. Right. Yep. Yep. So coming yep. down the stretch, do you want to play the the you want the Brewers playing the Rays or the Blue Brewers playing the Yankees or the Mets? Um or the, the Cubs. A's? How about the A's? <laughs> A's. The, the Reds. Pirates, the Reds. Everybody in Central Division. Yeah. Pirates. Yeah. yeah. Cubs. Cubs. Not the Cardinals. Now, the sad thing is I don't think the Cubs and the Brewers play 18 times anymore. I think it's down to 12. No, it goes from 19 to 13. I just saw this yesterday officially. So, and, so I was and, right on the difference. Come on, man. I'm you just saying. I'm just saying. 19 times was like absolutely absurd. Huh? Since my show, don't be, you know, getting all hyper on me. I said eighteen twelve. You go, no, it's nineteen and thirteen. Okay. <laughs> so so whatever, it's it's uh it's definitely good that that eliminates basically two series against each other. Four. So the the There's division five teams in the division, so that's four times yeah. well, you tell me, twenty four games, right? Yeah. Well, so I don't know. Play I, other I, teams. I can't add that high. But location, but anyway. But I'm I'm just saying I I I've had it up I've had it up to here for years of going to Cincinnati three times and having the Reds come here three times. I don't mind going to Chicago and having the Cubs come up here. If they want to make an imbalanced uh division once a year, I don't really mind that, but it, it wouldn't be fair to everybody else. So whatever. Um, I, I'm just more more than anything in my in in my honest opinion, I'm very happy that everybody plays each other at least one series. Um, my gosh, how overdue is that? And it's how hard crazy. how hard is that to do over 162 games? So well, that no shift pitch. I'm excited about baseball. I think it's going to be a lot more thrilling than you seem to be thinking it so far. No, I'm very, I'm very excited and ready to go for sure. That's because Bally Sports—they're not listening, Greg. You're okay. Say what <laughs> you feel like saying. Go for it. I'm also waiting to uh, see confirmation on all these rumored rule changes. By the way, um, yeah, I mean, I think that um, nothing's in stone yet, is it? I think the players gave away that opportunity in the last negotiation. So because I heard the players were not in favor of this can be like the day before spring training and we're going to start with these new rules. Yeah, I think you know what I mean, yeah, I do. I think yeah. that's true. I mean, that's true. But I think they're I'm not sure the players associate. I think they may have given away that um, deal or they, they, talked they about might it before have because they don't seem to be happy about the two throws to first base and the bigger bases. Uh I don't know. I mean, maybe they're not. Maybe they're not going to happen. Boy, boy. I mean, I think that's fraud. I want to go buy my tickets based on that. Well, I mean, there was a lot of things on the table. There was, you know, there was um, uh, time between pitches. It's just it's supposedly it's fifteen seconds. Bigger bases uh, in the book. You know, uh, no shift. In the uh, potential, uh, potentially bringing in um, robotic 
umpires, if you will, I guess. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but the other ones should. Yeah, the, the, as we've talked about, and I guess we'll know in spring training, I want to know how the what happens at 15. Let's assume the pitch box 15 with nobody on base. And because um, I think it is. How do they, uh, if the umpire's looking for the pitch, how does he also look at the clock and go, and what if he throws the pitch at 15.5 seconds? The guy hits it out of the park. Is it no good? I don't know. It's a, the, I mean, those are good questions. Um, I know the the actual game clock, if you will, that they keep so they know how long commercial breaks go and how long to you know allow a pitcher to warm up in that. The second base umpire is in charge of that clock. So maybe it wouldn't be the home plate umpire. I, yeah. I don't know. You know, he has more things to worry about, I would imagine. But it's a it's a good, a good question. Point. I have no idea. Yeah, I asked somebody about the somebody had been to the uh, fall league and they had the pitch clock in the Arizona Fall League. And I said, Well, how did they what happened is a is it like a twenty four second clock in the NBA where you know and everybody knows? Yeah. If the ball's not out of his hands when the Rim comes gets when the uh, you know right. And he said yeah. no, there wasn't anything to indicate that. So I don't know. I think the fun rule will be two throws to first base, and then after that, if you throw over there the third time, if the guy's not picked off, he goes to second base for free. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot, of, the, a lot of layers the, to those. What if the third pickoff is wild? Does he have to stop at second? I would imagine it's a live ball. <laughs> this is i love this mundane crap um are the bucks gonna win the division they're faltering man what's the problem hey man uh we've had two huge victories here this week now you gotta you gotta roll your nba channel back on your uh direct tv you're a game you're a game up on cleveland because you've played two less games so you have been looking at the standings a little bit <laughs> a little bit they're uh so Giannis yesterday <clears throat> scored seven points, but he had 18 rebounds and 10 assists. Wow. Now, a week ago, I think on the same is day, that, he had is that good. So a week ago on the same day, he had 55 points and like 25 rebounds. And so wow. there's panic over here in Milwaukee, that something happened to Giannis and he's too tired to play now. Oh, yeah. Wow. We're monitoring that on our network. Wasn't there somebody with the Brewers 10 years ago that was too tired to play? The guy that had two names, he had an alter ego name. No, he wasn't too. He was all, he was more willing to play. I don't know, but yeah. Uh, a team How can we always equate tired players to uh, to the state of Wisconsin? By the way, no, <laughs> that's a good point. The uh, I'd be worried if I were a Bucks fan. I think the Bulls beat the Bucks twice. Yeah, yeah, they haven't beaten we, anybody else. We we had like a seventy eight point lead in the fourth quarter and just said we're not scoring anymore. If you can score more than us, you win. And so they did. So we're going to the Ward's House of Prime. Exactly. 
Yeah. I mean, do the Bucks eat over there? I mean, has Brian got some NBA talent? Oh yeah, dinner. PJ Tucker used to go over there uh, when he was with them on the championship year two years ago, and he he did occupy the liquor, uh, the the liquor um, locker quite a bit. I've never heard of PJ Tucker. Oh, he's a defensive uh, stalwart in the NBA. He is. Yeah. He was with the Heat last year, and now he's with the Sixers. I thought he was a hockey player. No, nope. no. Nope. Or the it could be the Astros right fielder, right? And he named Tucker. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, buddy. I'll let you go. This is good. Always fun. We'll wait till spring training to uh, reconnect and. Uh, Maybe I, I keep thinking we're going to do an on-site show with Brian Ward and Mike, the bartender. That'd be fun. Well, um, if we just had somebody that had portable equipment to make that happen. Well, yeah, that's true. But a laptop, I can uh, I can take my laptop and, and I guess we can have two laptops and we can be facing each other but be on Zoom. I don't know. I, my technical team is there. I'm working on that. <laughs> they're on strike yeah apparently my dropbox whatever that is fill was full so i had to bring over help to empty my dropbox so that uh we could get this show into the dropbox and get it over to honolulu where my production staff is i know I so maybe that's why you had um those leather uh bookcases i thought that's where you actually stored the podcast no it doesn't work that way. I, I no, no. I um, I store them in my computer, and when it breaks down or gets full, whatever that happens, then I'm done. And, or my phone. I mean, there are a lot of ways to listen to us on this show. I'll have to investigate that. In fact, just as a courtesy, I sent you the uh, the link to the first show we did, so that you'd be kind of up to speed for today <laughs> i missed that in a production meeting <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm pumped are you gonna go to uh, you probably can't go to arizona because of basketball it goes till june i'm not sure what i'm gonna do yet for uh for spring training we have um we have a uh very light schedule in February and quite honestly in March too. So a lot of national TV games. We have the all-star break, that type of thing. So yeah, cool. we'll see what happens. Be fun right. to go down there though. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be there at the beginning of spring training. Like I think we're there the last part of February and the first and leave the first day of March. So I do think the Brewers play the Royals in that area. So I'm going to head to that game just to see it. Although I think all the players will be on the world baseball deal. So oh, that's right. I forgot that was going on. I, I, I went to a few of those games. I don't know how many years ago when it was, uh, when it was in Phoenix as part of the preliminary, like it is again. Now oh, that, really? that was fun. Yeah. That, I don't even know where they're playing, but that, that, I mean, there are a lot of guys playing this year. Well, one of the sites is, is in Phoenix again. Ooh. So they're playing at They're playing at the diamondbacks ballpark. Like they did last time. So. I'll be darn cool. Yeah. But if you look into that, yeah, buddy, you're the best. You're the best. Um, Don't go anywhere. Stay tight. I've learned how to do this. Wait a second. 
That was our fun hour with our buddy, our good buddy, Craig Kashan. Man, oh man, it's baseball season. Kicking off the baseball season with Craig Kashan. How much fun can that be? I can't wait till spring training. Uh, we both pointed out, or I pointed out, that for some reason I hit the microphone on my phone and the entire podcast has been reduced to a text to Craig. Down to, to If I was a ill-willed guy, I'd send him that whole text. It would take up half of his space on his phone. I'm going to delete it. Anyway, that's it for this week. We talked a little bit about the legendary Pete Hill. We'll have a little better grip on the uh, Negro Leagues next week. We'll bring you up to date on the uh, Hall of Fame voting. Uh, right now, the early leaders are Scott Rowland and uh, Todd Helton. So will they join crime dog Fred McGriff in Cooperstown this summer? I don't know. I have a funny feeling Rowland's going to get in. I don't think Kent's going to get in. I don't think uh, anybody maybe but Rowland. Uh, Helton's above 75 now, but usually that comes down. As I said last time, I'm pulling for Helton because I think I have three autographed bats by him. Anyway, that's selfish. For Jamie Uretsky and Craig Kishan, I'm the Letters Out of Baseball, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, and anywhere else. I'm saying have a good time, and I hope you're able to get out on the golf course this week. So there you go. That's it. 